Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the People by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Welcome into the trade deadline edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. It's Halloween night. Happy Halloween, Mark, first of all. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I saw you dressed up in your Deion Sanders outfit, Coach Prime. Play my theme music. I saw you, man. That was what's up. I had two Halloween costumes. I didn't see the other one. What was the other one? The other one, Eddie saw it. I was Forrest Gump at Alabama. Oh, I missed that one. Okay. Okay. Eddie had a, also had a great college football themed uh, Halloween costume, but that's more appropriate for off the air. Uh, <laughs> we can't necessarily disclose, disclose what it is at this moment. But Mark, I'm sure, don't leave us waiting. What are you dressing up as? Cinderella again? I'm not, I'm not dressing up this year. I'm sorry. I'm not participating. Um, I'm just doing it. I'm just letting my kid shine. You know, Maverick. Kid shine. Letting my kid shine. He's a, he got a PJ Masks costume. Are you familiar with that cartoon? Of course not. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess it's only a parent thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all, you know, you might have little cousins or something. You might, you know, you may have heard it. I don't know. But, uh, and then he has a ghost costume as well so he got two so we'll go we'll be trick-or-treating in a nice area out here somewhere in los angeles tonight well in the theme of ghosts i boo you mister i'm gonna let my kid shine what are you doing if he's a ghost you're supposed to be the big ghost he's just gonna walk around see dad in the same regular old adidas track suit turn around and be like hey dad look at my candy instead of hey dad halloween is so much fun with you no no just, just de- depriving your kid. See, I, mean, I got a mask I could throw on. I could just throw the mask. Uh huh. Uh-huh. See, this is what happens when you start to go seven and seven and one in the picks. You, you all of a sudden that that shield that that shining light on you starts to come down. You start scoring around the same place as Martin Weiss does, huh? <laughs> you, still you still didn't gain any ground, buddy. What did I tell you last week? <laughs> what did I tell you last week? I'm gaining on you. You're not, though. You you went the same record this week, so you didn't gain any ground. I'm just saying, (laughs) one of us started at the top, the other at the bottom. Now we're meeting in the middle. We'll see how the trends continue. I do know this. Despite my 52, 59, and 3 overall record, compared to your 67, 44, and 3 overall record, I, Martin Weiss, was the lone employee of the Extra Points Podcast Network who picked the uh, 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 the Broncos to cover. And not only that, I wrote on my Substack, the neutral field, don't be surprised that this is a one-score game. I was wrong. It was a two-score game. As just the other team was up. Oh, is it that, that's how you're ending that? Oh, okay. Well, congratulations on being a lone wolf, man. Let's give you a... A nice golf clap on that one. Congratulations, Martin. You, you finally did something good in the in these pickums. I'm really happy for you. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just an ugly game from the beginning. The Chiefs have five freaking turnovers. <laughs> You're not gonna win too many NFL games with five turnovers, I'll tell you that much. But yeah, well, you yeah, well, you want to get into the vibes. <laughs> hey, you want to get into the vibes go ahead you want to get into the vibes you don't want to talk about that go for it 
Uh, so we start off with good vibes, and I, I think I'm gonna have to start. It's a couple places I was looking at, but I, I'm gonna keep shining this light on this team because I feel like nobody else in the media is doing it. So I'm going to Seattle, the Pacific Northwest. The Seattle Seahawks are in first place in the NFC West, a team that we actually both picked to win the division before the year. You know, the Niners have lost three in a row. Seahawks are rolling right now. That defense is balling out, actually. They look really, really good. The offense is starting to catch up a little bit. Geno looked good last week. Hey, this team, man, you know, we talk about the 49ers, the Eagles, the Lions. You know, the Seahawks actually beat the Lions, by the way, in Detroit, but nobody talks about that. It's time to That's start not mentioning. True. I was talking about it well, as I was talking about I'm, why the Lions were the best team in the NFC. I'm talking about the mass, the mass majority, though, Martin. Nobody's mentioned Seattle in these conversations for some reason. So I feel responsible for being a person that does. So great vibes in Seattle. Shout out to Pete Carroll. You're still a top five coach in this league. And yeah, the 12 should be very, very happy right now. So my good vibes is now we have to remember this isn't the power rankings it's not standings it's how you feel after the game yeah my good vibes it's carolina panthers they finally get off the snide and they get a win not only do they get a win they get a win against who everybody myself included was saying hey did you guys get this pick wrong because cj stroud looks like one of them ones now Time will tell to see who eventually is the better quarterback of the two of them or if both of them are great or both of them stink, whatever. Like, it's too way too early to tell. But this is a big round one win for Bryce Young in the uh, argument of who's better. And, and uh, if you're the Carolina Panthers and you're sitting there and you drafted Bryce Young and you've had all these struggles, that was really the first move of the Frank Reich era was to draft Bryce Young. And then he came out talking about the owner. You know, the owner wasn't the, you know, the owner's heavily involved and this and that. Made it seem like he didn't want to have Bryce Young. So that's a big, big win for the Carolina Panthers, even though ultimately they're building for next year. Nice, nice. So for let's go to bad vibes here, man. And there's a lot of candidates for this one as well. I'm going to go with Eddie's Giants here. Uh, we were talking off air about that game. Don't know how they lost at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it was just really unexplainable to me. The Battle of New York, you know, and then, you know, big picture wise, you pay Daniel Jones. I don't think he's the he's not the only problem there. They got a lot of things going on, but, you know, he's going to be front and center there. And, you know, this is a team. Right. Last year, they won a playoff game. <laughs> like, they won a freaking playoff game. Now, a lot of people thought it was smoke and mirrors. I'm people. <laughs> I was not high on this team heading into the year. But I didn't think it was going to be uh, this bad. I, I will say that. So, and shout out to the Jets, too, man. They just find a way to somehow win games, even if it's not ugly, even if it's not pretty. They, they're four and three somehow. I don't know how, but. Not only the Jets four and three, they beat the Bills and the Eagles on the way. Like, <laughs> yeah, and almost beat the Chiefs. Oh, God. I'll never forget my home sliding to cost me one of these stupid picks in this pick contest. You freaking jerk. Where's your bad um, vibes at? My bad vibes are right now the San Francisco 49ers. 
Oh, that could have been ugly, but <laughs> it's so hard to be ugly when you're still two games over 500. True. Right. You know, yeah. you're still two games over 500. Everything is still, you know, going relatively well, even though you drop three in a row. The bigger key is Brock Purdy has thrown five interceptions in the last three games. Uh, I made it when I was on with Moxie Betts, another member of the Omaha family. I made an analogy, said that Brock Purdy was like a member of Ocean's Eleven, right? It, it, but is, is he is he George Clooney? Is he Brad Pitt? Or is he Matt Damon? Right? Probably closer to the Matt Damon side. This one's a very simple analogy. Did Cinderella slipper fall off? Did the clock strike midnight on Brock Purdy? Because it might have. You know, he was obviously it was not going to be as sustainable as he was unless he turned into the best quarterback of all time. But you'd like to see a little bit more out of a guy who, even though seventh overall pick, I mean, seventh, I'm sorry, seventh round pick, last overall pick, you'd like to see him at least uh, controlling the ball. And also the other thing, it hasn't looked good. Right. It's one thing if you throw a tip ball interception. Like what was it two years ago? Mahomes had like 10 interceptions or seven interceptions through the first nine weeks of the season. Yeah. And like some of them were bad, but some of them were like tip balls and balls that were in play and drop passes that ended up, you know, he hit a defensive lineman in the helmet, and then all of a sudden, you know, the ball goes flying. These are terrible interceptions. Like these are just really bad looks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think with him. Everything around him has to be perfect. And it hasn't been that way this past couple of weeks because they've been without Trent Williams and without Debo Samuel. I think when you insert those guys back into the lineup, I think they'll go back to normal what we saw before this three-game losing streak. But I think it is a testament to show that, you know, it's time to stop having Brock Purdy in these top 10 discussions that we've been seeing all over the national media and on social media the last few weeks. Time to slow that stuff down because uh, he looked very Jimmy G-ish. The last couple of weeks, this I don't want. I don't want to get distracted and off the topic. You know what? No, this is what I'll do. I'm going to ugly vibes. My ugly vibes. Congratulations, Josh with Daniel and the Las Vegas Raiders. You have the ugliest vibes right now in the NFL. Like point blank, your quarterback stinks, and you. I'll never get over the fact that they decided that Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, and and Aiden O'Connell were a better triumvirate than uh than Derek Carr was. And the Saints were like, oh, you know what? They don't want you there. Well, hey, buddy, we got home for you. Three million and a hundred million, uh, three years, a hundred million dollars worth of home too. Anyway, Jimmy G is cooked. He can't play. This offense is terrible. You got Devontae Adams. Prior to Devontae Adams pushing the cameraman, have you ever seen him be upset before? No. I can't think that. of a time. Like, I don't, and I'm not, I'm sure that there have been times you got in arguments. I can't, I legitimately cannot think off the top of my head of a time that Devontae Adams was more upset or at least visibly upset than he was slamming his helmet down, all of that in a game that was eminently winnable for the, uh, for the Raiders had they, been able to move the ball in the slightest stretch, but they were not. And that's why the Lions ran through them. Yeah, and there was a report this morning from Jordan Schultz uh, talking about a few weeks ago, Devontae Adams' camp was talking to the Raiders front office about a potential change of scenery. And apparently they told him that they have no intentions on trading him. So 
we got about an hour until the trade deadline is up. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, for my ugly vibes of the week and really the season overall, I feel like I did them last week, but I, I just have to keep doing it because it gets uglier and uglier every single week. And I have to hold myself accountable because I was high on this team and the quarterback. And I think you know where I'm going. I'm going to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, Man, that might be that might be what that's uh, is a sneaky contender for worst team in football right there. Yeah, I mean, they've lost four in a row now. Uh, the offense just looks completely lifeless. Uh, I mean, I, I did not envision this happening whatsoever. I, I really thought, you know, with LaFleur there, you know, he comes from that great coaching tree, right? The Cal Shanahan tree. I, I really thought he'll be able to scheme some stuff up and make Jordan Love look competent in his first year as a starter. I like the young receivers they got there. They got some talent, you know, and I, it's just not showing up on the field at all, man. I mean, they they were not even competitive in that game. The game, the score was a lot closer than the game actually was, if you watched it. I mean, they couldn't get anything going. And it, it's just, uh, they're two and five now. It's pretty much a lost season at this point. I don't know where they go from here. I mean, do, do you go with Jordan Love and in head into next year? Like, depending on how this year plays out. Do you draft another quarterback? I mean, because they're going to be a top 10, maybe top five pick. And there's at least three quarterbacks going early this year. So they got a lot of decisions to make in Green Bay, man. It's not looking good. Well, the first one they should do is they probably should pick up the phone, call down to Tobacco Road, and ask Drake May how he likes to snow because he'll be their quarterback next year, more than likely. This thing is done. Jordan Love is the backup. Damn. That's crazy. I mean, I can't push back on it. It's just really disappointing. I mean, I mean that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. He's like the 45th best thrower of the football in the world, which, you know, <laughs> you know, it's better than a lot of people. <laughs> so you're putting like, you're putting like 12, 13 backups ahead of him. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I was just he's better than a lot of people, but he's definitely not good enough to start. Like, you know, anyway, we will be remiss if we didn't bring this up. This right here. Depending on this is you want to talk about trick or treat. Ravens minus eight and a half. I hey pour some out for everybody who had a Ravens minus eight and a half ticket. Were you paying attention to the end of this? Yeah, did you I see did, how this yeah. went down. I saw the yeah, it was a bad beat. Yeah, Ravens are covering by a mile. Arizona scores a late touchdown. Josh Dobbs trying to keep his job and blow the cover. He ends up getting traded to Minnesota, so I guess it worked out for him. Although three city, three teams in three months. I hope he's not buying. Cold like he's Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. <laughs> the Ravens allow a touchdown. All right. Arizona tries to go for two. They convert the two-point conversion, holding call, plays over. Right? They accept the penalty, they're kicking off. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar, known dropper of footballs, is the guy who is designated as the kick return of the special teams hands guy, right? You see everybody else lined up to go run into people. He's yeah. the one that's supposed to jump up and catch it. Yeah. He jumps, doesn't catch it. Arizona recovers the ball. They drive down the field. Matt Prater, 
normally very reliable kicker, misses an easy field goal to make it from 10 to 7. Right. This is an easy field goal. False start on the Cardinals. The play never happens. They back up five yards right down the middle. I tweeted this at the time. If you if you brought this script in to a Hollywood producer, they would say this is too unbelievable to actually have occurred in real life. Yeah, I mean, everything that could go wrong are right, depending on what side you were on this, right? It happened. And clearly from your frustration, you were on the Raven side here, um, to say the least. Uh, we just got a trade, actually. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been traded to the Lions. So the Lions For a sixth-round pick. Yeah, Detroit adds to their receiving room. As if they needed another receiver, right? They, they kind of do. Do they? James, Jameson Williams hasn't really materialized into a deep threat that they like. You got Amon Ross St. Brown. But after that, look, I know you're in Kansas City and you're used to only having one primary pass catcher and the rest of them you just throw around and be like, eh, it's all right, we'll figure it out. But it helps when you have somebody else on the other side. Not many people, Jones is good. He's okay. Good well, for a six-round pick, that's, that's a good value there. Good value. Former uh, Michigan Michigan Wolverine, Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh, so he's going back home. Okay. He is. What else? Oh, how about Jalen Ramsey? How about Tua Tungavailoa is six and zero straight up and against the spread against Bill Belichick? And you know what that means? I'm zero and six picking against <laughs> picking the Miami Dolphins and and uh, and New England Patriots. You didn't learn after the third or fourth time. It took you. <laughs> Are you going to learn for the seventh time next year? Are you going to just? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's something about it's just something about that Patriot helmet. When I see it, I'm like, oh, they're clever. Anyway, but Jalen Ramsey, that was one of the more impressive interceptions that you will see this season. Yeah. And before we move on, we, we do have to finish this with a recap, at least or unless you got more to add. I think we'll be remiss because I think you were pretty strong on opinion on this. How about Mr. Will Levis? It's, is it Will Levis season, Martin? Are you moved? Four touchdowns in his debut? The, the Titans got their guy? That first touchdown was the most <laughs> egregious offensive pass interference I've seen this season. That's saying a lot because there's been a lot of egregious ones this season. He threw A.J. Yeah. Terrell out of bounds. No, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying. I mean, it was to me, this was more of a DeAndre Hopkins renaissance game. This was a hundred percent like you know, it's the end of school, like the end of the semester, and you've been like you know, messing around the whole time, but you're really trying to get like you need a B. So you're like trying to get the extra credit, you know, you're showing up to like clean up the teacher's desk and you're scraping the gum off the bottom of the uh of the desks. To make to just to try to get that extra five points that you need. That was DeAndre Hopkins on Sunday, just waving at everybody in the NFL. I still got it. Please trade for me. Please save me from this. Please come get me. That was my yeah. take. Yeah. So I mean, I, I gotta give Will Levis some credit here, though, right? I mean. You, you you just don't throw four touchdowns your debut and just poo-poo it and be like, 
oh, you know, it's just they're all the receiver, right? You somebody still has to throw him the ball. Um, now, does this mean that they have their guy and Will Levis is the the face of the franchise moving forward and they have nothing else to worry about? No, I'm not going that far. But I've, you know, people love to overreact. They're like, yeah, you see, this is why we told you he's better than Anthony Richardson. We told you we we, we got the best young quarterback in the AFC. I've been seeing it, bro. It's crazy. Like, you know, people like they're going, they're going nuts over it, right? So you know, I'm just gonna say, calm down. There's no there's no film on the guy. Came in, he had a good performance, but let's see how he he does Thursday night when they go to Pittsburgh on a short week. In a game that realistically they should win. Pittsburgh, that's another ugly vibe candidate. Uh, you had all bye week to figure out that offense. You come out and put out 10 points and a stinker at 10 points, too, because, like, George Pickens caught that and made it a touchdown as opposed to, like, actually driving the ball into the end zone. That was one of the ugliest games that, like, the only takeaway from that is, A, Pittsburgh is terrible, and, B, Jacksonville is good enough to win a game that's ugly. And I'm glad we actually kind of pivoted there because I want to gloat for a second. Can I can I gloat for a second? Because I remember you were saying about, remember you said it's the Jags and everybody else in the AFC South? Well, look at the standings, Martin. I think I'm right. It's the Jags and everybody else in the AFC South. Yeah, the first couple of weeks look like, oh, maybe the Texans are going to be competitive, the Colts. But I think things are starting to finally shape itself out now, and the Jags are 6-2 and two atop the AFC. Let's see here. All right, it won't let me do it. I just tried to Google the week four NFL standings. There we are. Here it is. Week four. You know who was in first place of... The NFC West week four, it was San 40, Francisco 49ers because yeah. they were four and oh. You know what happened week five? Seahawks lost to go three and two. You know what happened to cheating next week's 49ers kept losing. If not over yet, partner, that's all I got to say. Come on. The rest of the division, the, the next closest team is the Texans at three and four. The Jags are six and two. That division is over. The Jags are winning. The Jags are going, what, how many games did they lose this year? Uh, no more than five. 13 and five. 12 and five. 12, 12 and five. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, says Mark Gunnels. Yeah, I think 12 and five is fair. 12 and five. And when what? Let's just get it all out there. What, they lose in the AFC Championship game to your boys? It just depends on how the seedings break out, like the matchups, I, you know. I, I but so, if you just gave me like a blank, you just let me give you like a surface level answer. I think they're the divisional round loss team. Divisional round loss team out of the Jaguars. All right. Well, there you have it. Is there any other games you want to touch on this week? Um, I mean, do you want to talk about your Saints? They scored 38 points. How did that look? Uh, lucky. <laughs> and you know what's sick too? What? This team should go on a run in the next three, four weeks. Oh, uh, the schedule's light. They don't, they're not going to play a starting quarterback until December. Tyson Bajant is next up on the schedule, which is going to be a like a definition of watch this one outside. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, watch this one on the timeline. Yeah. The Saints, the Saints, so they just played 
So they just played Gardner Minshew, all mm-hmm. right? Since Trevor Lawrence beat them, they played Gardner Minshew. They're going to play Tyson Bajan, probably Josh Dobbs as for the Minnesota Vikings. Ugh. And then they have the combination of Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, if you're in fantasy and you got the Saints defense the next month, you should be eating pretty good, I would say. And oh yeah, we have to talk about this. I can't believe we didn't even bring it up. We brought the team, the losing team. But is it safe to say now that you're officially back on the Bengals bandwagon? Bro, I, my, I, when I picked the Bengals to win, I write my co-host looked at me off air and he was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He was like, he didn't want to ask me on there on the radio. Like, like, are you serious? Like, like of course I'm serious. Yes, I'm serious. And don't call me Shirley. So no, you're but, back because about three weeks ago, you were about to jump off. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. I was ready. They did just enough. But you know what? All these wins against the AFC, I mean, the NFC West, it's helpful. Wins against the AFC North would be more helpful. That's what, that is crazy. That's what's going to have to happen. One win in, in conference. That's crazy. Forget the division. No, we got to win in the AFC. I didn't even think about that. So I don't know how it's going to play out because it's going to be tough, you know, in terms of at this point. But it is nice to see Joe the way he the way he manipulated the pocket on that one throw to Jamar Chase down the yeah, field yeah. and then threw a dot. I'm like, all right, we are back, baby. We are all the way back. Yeah, I feel good yeah. about it. But I, I mean, still, I, they they have such a hill to climb that they'll be lucky to be a wild card team. Wow, I'm surprised you still say that. They're already look. So I mean, if you think about it, I think the Ravens are pretty much. I don't say they have the division in hand, but is the Ravens are the prohibitive favorite at the moment, right? When you look at the rest of the AFC, the South is only getting one team in. The East is going to get two teams in, whether it be probably at this point Miami and Buffalo. But you know who's got to win on Buffalo? The New York Jets. But can you can you pencil in Buffalo? Because what if they lose to the Bengals this week? The Buffalo have they have four losses, and they play in Cincinnati, True. and Cincinnati owns them. They could, but I just saying, but I could see as when the weather gets a little bit colder, that all Miami offense starts to sputter a little bit as as it's now windy and snow and some of that timing is off. I just see, I can see the way this all falls down, right? And so that's why I wonder about there. AFC North, I think you got the Ravens, and then the the thing that saves them is the rest of the division is flawed. Yeah, right, here's we- the thing. Here's how I look at it, and we're going to get into Week 9 matchups here in a little bit. But so the AFC West, I think, is getting one, unless you think the Chargers are going to go on a run. Like no. you said, the AFC South is getting one. Yeah. The AFC North, to me, is could get three. So the the three wild cards can be you can have two from the north and one from the east or vice versa. And I think the Bengals are in either way, either under any scenario you do. Because I think the Bengals are better than the Steelers and Browns. I think they'll have a better record than them. And then even if the east does get two, the Browns, I mean, the Bengals are still in. The Browns concern me. If Deshaun Watson can start to throw the ball hard again. (laughs) 
uh, then uh, I think he'll be like that team is bro. That team is really good. No, I I do think it comes down to the Browns and Bengals for that last spot though. But I just have no faith in Deshaun Watson. I don't even know when he's gonna play again. Like that, they seem like they're being really weird about that injury. Like I think it's gonna linger on much longer than we think. Well, if it's anything like baseball, like the baseball injuries that people say, it's like that. I mean, I, I imagine he'll be ready by December. Would, would that be too late? <laughs> I don't know. They they don't strung. We've seen a few teams string wins with uh, win streaks with backup quarterbacks. PJ Walker has what two and one in his start so far. Like Gardner Minshew just he won a game. Like it's been a lot of backup quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor won a game and then went to the hospital in the game. Next game, there's been a lot of backup quarterbacks that have been playing pretty well. But speaking of. I can't believe that Kyler Murray is going to be starting football games for the Cardinals this year. What's the point? The point is he's making all that money. But I would trade him. Now? Like within the next hour? Yeah. I would have traded him. Who, who, who do you think would – I think Atlanta would be a good fit. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, right? That's the team I would have traded them to. Yeah, that makes the most that, sense, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I would have traded to. That team is, I mean, you want to talk about a quarterback away. The Atlanta Falcons are the definition of a quarterback yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, you make that trade, you, you're you're pretty much locked in to win that division, in my mind. I think they're going to win it anyway, but it's kind of dicey right now, <laughs> to say the least, because Ritter just holds them back so much. If if he just held them back, it'd be nice. But he like actively is demolishing <laughs> things. Yeah, it's not like one of those, you know, when you hold somebody back from a fight, you like fake holding them back. He's actually like pushing you to the ground and like <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. But you ready to take a break from getting to the week nine matchups? I was just about to suggest the same thing. Let's do it. Uh, we're on the same page. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get to stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, 
West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, starting off in Germany, you know, 6.30 a.m. for us here on the West Coast. I'll tell you what, Martin, I'm not going outside Saturday night because I have to wake up at least by 5.30 for this one. We have the Miami Dolphins playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, the Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is set at 50-and-a-half. I'll let you start off on this one. I hate what is this game doing in freaking Germany? This is what we fought World War II and won it for stuff like this to keep American football here. You want to go out there and put our best and brightest over there? Look, why can't the Rams and the Packers go play in Germany? Well, the commanders and they want to showcase the best, the best of the best for the new fans. But the Giants and the Raiders play this week. Put them in Germany. <laughs> I do I mean, hate come they, on. I hate for this reason that they ruined the Tyreek return to Kansas City, though. I really wanted to see that. Because this is a technically a Chiefs home game that we're losing. You could have started Derek Carr versus Tyson Bajan in Munich. But no. We got to watch the two of the best teams in the AFC. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I like the Chiefs. Chiefs covered the two and a half. Dolphins have yet to beat a good team. And I'm, even though the Chiefs don't have any wide receivers, ultimately they have a pretty damn good defense and they have a really good quarterback. And I do think they'll be able to figure out enough offense to keep things going. But more so, I think this is Chiefs defensive line should be able to eat on Miami's offensive line. I do also like Miami in a teaser leg, but I'm taking Chiefs minus two and a half. Yeah, the Miami offensive line is banged up. Um, you know, despite... It wasn't good before either. Well, yeah. Uh, despite... <laughs> The loss in Denver, the Chiefs did actually sack Russell Wilson six times in that game. Uh, I think they'll better get after him. And we always talk about Tua, right? If he's, you have to make him hold the ball a little longer than he wants to. He's a very timing, rhythm type of a quarterback. So if you can get him off that timing, you can force him into some errant throws. I think you see that be the case here. I'd like the Chiefs with minus two and a half also. And I just like the whole theory of a team having an embarrassing loss the week before you know, rebounding the next week. And then, you know, the Dolphins pretty much cruise against the Patriots. So I like both of those things kind of coming back to reality 
this week. I think it'll be a good game, though. And I, I actually probably would sprinkle some on the over at 50 and a half. I, I think you do see some points still scored in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a high-scoring game, but I ultimately think that Kansas City will be able to defensively stifle the Miami timing passing attack that has been successful against other teams. Yeah. Although, I don't know. Steve Spagnuolo is a defensive coordinator, so good luck. Yeah, well, good luck. We're just top five in the NFL. That's, that's okay. Uh, anyway. Do you, do you understand why, though? Do you understand why? So, Steve, Chris Spags, Jones, Spags gets no credit. Because Chris Jones and George Karloftis are in their wrecking shop. There's no time to cover. The thing I hate you, ra- you rush, you sack Russell Wilson oh six God. times in a game in which they had a two-score lead for the majority. Here's the thing of. I hate about this: for you, Spags cannot win because if the Chiefs were bad defensively right now, you will be blaming him for that. So, like, he can't win no either way with you. Like, <laughs> there's nothing he can do where you will give him credit. Nothing. <laughs> it's it's a lot easier to shut down offenses when you have a nose tackle. That demands. But we've had him for the last, what, almost 10 years. We've never been this good defensively. Never. We're arguably the best defense in the league. Anyway. I'm not arguing that. The the next game, the next game I'm really excited about. I'm really, really excited for this one. We're going to the Baltimore. We got the Seattle Seahawks traveling to play the Ravens. Right now, the Ravens are five and a half point favorites. The over-under is set at 43 even. I'll start on this one. I don't understand why the Ravens are this big of a favorite. I know they're at home, but to me, this is disrespect to the Seattle Seahawks laying five and a half. I think they may win this game outright. I think I may even put a a little sprinkle on the money line here. So I'm definitely taking Seattle plus the five and a half here. Well, I'm curious to see where you're going on this one. I am going to go. I'm going to take the five and a half as well. Although the one thing that I keep thinking about is the last time that this happened. I was like, man, this NFC team is pretty good. They're going down to Baltimore. They should be all right. <laughs> you know, I don't get points, too. I know they're on the road, but, you know, they should be fine. And then the Lions got third curb stumped by 32 freaking points. I'm going to take the five and a half here. I'll say this. Taking a five and a half here, and I'm also going to bet on Lamar Jackson win the MVP. Because if they run through Seattle, he's going to be the front runner. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I like that. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. And another, um, talk about MVP, a guy that finished second in MVP voting last year. We're going to the good old NFC East, Martin. The city of brotherly love. The Dallas Cowboys are traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Right now, the Eagles are getting your classic at home minus three treatment. The over-under is at 46 even. I'm lay. I'm I'm going to you on this one first, man. All right, I, this is I'm excited. This is a fun one. This is a great week. What a great week of games, man. I'm going down to Dallas for this one, man. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the three, and I think the Cowboys went out right uh, for no other reason. Like the Eagles, seven and one, sure, but they have had some tough ones. They've had the offense has not looked as good as it, you know, as you would expect for. I think they're still having a little bit of coordinator issue down there in Philadelphia, trying to figure out how to get everything to look the way it used to. They fumbled on a brotherly shove last week. That's a major key. Uh, So maybe somebody can stop it. But no, I'm going with the Cowboys here. I'm taking a plus three. And uh, I'm going to hold my nose that Jalen Hurts doesn't turn back into the Jalen Hurts from last year because he hasn't been that great this year. 
I don't like how much we're agreeing. This is not good. Uh, well, congratulations. Maybe you'll finally be right on something. This guy, like I'm not in first place. Um, I like the Cowboys too. I'm actually picking them to win outright in this game. I, I think this is another highlight game for them. And the last time they had one of these games, they got embarrassed on national TV against the 49ers. So I think that stays in their mind. And, you know, historically during this Dak and Hurts era, they, they've played the Eagles really well. So I like the Cowboys here. I, I like them uh, after last week against the Rams, took care of business. I think they got their swagger back. And like you mentioned, I still think there's some things with the Eagles that, yeah, they're 7-1 and have the best record in the league right now, but I still don't think they're playing quite to the level they would like. Uh, so give me the Cowboys here with the points. And another game that has a minus three line for the home team. Sunday night minus football. three, Dave Damashek. Eddie Spaghetti, <laughs> Kevin Hench, get him wherever night. podcasts are sold. Yeah, there you go. Sunday night football. The Buffalo Bills are going back to Cincinnati. Last time they went there, we know what happened with, with DeMar Hamlin. So they're heading back there Sunday night. Bengals minus three. Over under a 48 and a half. I'll start off on this one. I, here's, my, here's my thinking here. I, I do struggle with this game because it feels like the Bills should be due to beat them, right? But I would hate to be on the other end where I pick the Bills and then the the Bengals continue to handle them have they, as they have done the last couple of times. And I'd be like, why didn't I just go with the logical pick here? So that's why I'm going with Bengals minus three. But like I said, I'm not that confident in this one because this one feels a little weirder to me than the last couple meetings between these two teams. But where do you go on this one? If this was like a few weeks after... Joe Burrow had, you know what I'm saying? Like if 49ers game was like two weeks ago and they had rolled a few, I'd be I'd be I'd be lining up, pounding the Bengals. And I'm still picking them. Joe Burrow, 17, <laughs> 11 and one against the spread as a favorite. 30 and 18 and one overall. That's a 62%. That's not bad. That's nothing to shake a stick at against the spread. I'm gonna go ahead and lean on that one. I do think that they would have Cincinnati would have won the DeMar Hamlin game uh had it been able to to conclude and uh yeah I think that's probably honestly weirdly enough a motivational point for the Bengals like we would have beat this team last year and we would have had their positioning and all of this and that so I think well, they still beat them in the they still beat in the playoffs Martin <laughs> I get it but that game was secretly for the one seed in the AFC yeah like, true Sure. Yeah. So I, I'm not obviously, but no, I, I like I like the Bengals here. I don't think Buffalo can cover the Bengals offenses, especially if Joe is out moving around well. And I like the fact that they lined up on their center against the 49ers. That's right. Go back to go back to the roots, baby. Line up under center. Give me somebody blocking in front of – he's calling him a fullback. Motion a wide receiver in there or something like that and have him just run towards the line of scrimmage as you hand Joe Mixon the ball, get back to what this team is good at, was play action and Joe doing his thing. And Joe Mixon was a big part of that. So give me Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. How about Buffalo? Speaking about not covering Cincinnati, how about their first-round cornerback, Elam, getting healthy scratches every single week now? <laughs> and, you it's know, the one Chiefs of the – you know, Chiefs uh, traded up in front of them to get Trent McDuffie. That's what they really wanted in that draft, too. But it's one of the things that is not talked about enough. Buffalo has not hit on a draft pick in a long time. Mm. Like, mm. consistently. 
Like you look at the Lions, Brad Holmes, every player that Brad Holmes has drafted yeah. for the Lions is still a Detroit Lion. That's a, that's a good fact. It's a good fact. That I know that. It's mind-blowing. You know, when you really think about it. And how long has he been there? It's the same length of time Stafford's been in Los Angeles. Three years. Oh, wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. That's impressive. Before we get to the last game, though, I do want to push back on you for a little bit because I feel like you contradicted yourself from earlier in the show. So you picked the Bengals to win this game, but then you say it's unlikely they miss they make the playoffs. And I don't think those two coincide with this game. No, I said they'd be lucky to be a wild card team. But I don't see how you could say that. And you're picking them to win this game against Buffalo. Because to me, Buffalo Buffalo's gonna fall to five and four. That's a be that should be a team that you're saying should be unlikely to be a wild card if they lose this game. This is a big game for, I think, the wild card for both these teams. Aaron Rodgers threw a wrench in my plans here, but I had Buffalo missing the playoffs. Oh, okay. Originally before the, okay. And okay. the Jets are four and three with wins <laughs> over the Buffalo still <laughs> me. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs personally, but I mean, if you lose this game, you fall to five and four. I mean, it's not like we're just pincing you in as a playoff team. And then Cincinnati would be five and three. If they win this game. Yeah, but I, I think it's again you're competing with, you know, the, the the Ravens. Like to me, the best way to make the playoffs is to win the division. Then you don't have to worry about none of this other stuff. And then you get a home game. Like you know what I'm saying? Like depending on where you fall, you probably get a home. Like you don't have to worry about none of that stuff. Just win well, the, the division. Well, the division to me is that I'm not just saying it's the Ravens as a lock as you are. I got the Ravens losing this week, so that'll be. That'll be a loss for them, and then the Bengals will win. They'll be they're right back in the mix. So we'll see. I, I think yeah. you're handing the Ravens a division way too early, buddy. I may be, but I don't know. Maybe I just took your lead. Who did you <laughs> hand the division to earlier today? Oh, the, oh, the Jags. That was the Jags. The Jags. I mean, yeah. not that. I mean, but that's that's not the same situation at oh, all. Because <laughs> you know, anytime, anytime you got Jacksonville, you know, known beaters of everybody, the Jacksonville I mean, Jaguars. Everybody else is under five hundred, Martin, in that division. <laughs> All right, let's get to the last game here, man. Monday Night Football. This game is not as sexy as the previous four, but it still intrigues me. Uh, the aforementioned Jets are at home Monday night against the Chargers, a team that I still think can push for a last wild card spot. The Chargers, you know, they're one of them weird teams. Uh, right now, the Chargers are actually three-point favorites heading to New York, Monday Night Football. I'll let you start off on this one. I, uh, I have... Really have no interest in watching this game. And if we're really, we're, we really are putting out, <laughs> like, we're really putting out different, like, 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 trying to think, like, what's the way to put it? Putting my, putting it to the test. Like, putting, just how, how big of a football fan are you putting Zach Wilson on prime? I mean, to be fair, Martin, before the year, it was Aaron Rodgers. That's, come on. <laughs> All right, we got so flexible or something. I, I, we got to figure something out. We had to figure something out. I got to look at Zach Wilson again. I just watched that game against the freaking Giants because I was on the Giants and then all of a sudden Tyrod got knocked out. Well, that was your choice. That wasn't on national TV. So you chose to watch that game. <laughs> Give me the Jets. This is gross. We're, I'm really in between a rock and a hard place here. 
because I said I was not going to bet on Brandon Staley anymore until he gets fired because <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. And I also said Zach Wilson is a backup quarterback, and I wasn't going to bet on him either. But I'm going with Zach Wilson and the Jets. The Jets ultimately, like I said, have have to have pretty good vibes right now, regardless of Aaron Rodgers's you know uh, Achilles, in part because they have a winning record. Like you just laid out the AFC. Like if I'm the Jets, I'm looking like why not us? Why not us? Why not us? And if so, I think that them with Zach Wilson with Aaron Rodgers is. Achilles recovery apparently happening at a speed that modern science has Watch never seen come prior back for the playoff stretch, bro. The playoff run at the end. <laughs> Bleacher Report just sent a notification that said the 49ers are reportedly nearing another big trade. This is after they traded for what? Chase Young. What could this be? Jalen Johnson? That's what I would imagine is Jalen Johnson. Well, That's actually, what makes sense. Jordan Schultz just tweeted literally right now. He's a bit bleacher. The Bears are not planning on trading star cornerback Jalen Johnson. That just came through 30 seconds ago. So, well, I guess I'll give a pick. Um, this is pick. gross. We agreed on all five games. I have the Jets, too. I, how can I not take the Jets when they're getting points at home against a Chargers team that's coached by Brandon Staley? I just counterpoint. <laughs> Zach Wilson's the quarterback of the other team. That's how you could not do it. Well, <laughs> I know I did just do it, but that's how you could not. Well, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I guess you're right. But I, I believe in that defense. I think they'll turn uh, Herbert over a couple of times, and they they may actually win this game outright. So, yeah, there we go. We agreed on all five picks. Congratulations to both of us. I guess. You know it's going to be wild when the what? Jets win this in comeback fashion in the second half. <laughs> would you uh would you sprinkle Jets money line if they get down early? I think the Jets are gonna win this game, bro. The Chargers are bro, the Chargers are so uninspiring. Like they're not having fun. Nobody that, there's that having Bears fun. game to Sunday night didn't inspire you, Martin. That Bears um first of all, Chris Collinsworth, and I don't like to take shots at other people in the media. Especially those who are like, like if Chris Collinsworth wants to host this podcast, I'd be like, see you later, Mark. Hard, no hard feelings, I hope. Right. So, yeah. like, <laughs> just putting that out there, full disclosure. But the him trying to make Tyson Bajan into a thing was such, it was so ridiculous. It made me so upset. It. <laughs> My favorite line on Sunday night was, uh, Khalil Mack made a tackle on Roshan Johnson <laughs> and Mike Tirico was like, it was like fourth down. Mike Tirico was like, and I think that might do it. And I looked at the clock and it was a minute and 30 seconds left in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately everybody turns the TV off at that point. <laughs> but yeah, everybody but me, everybody but me. I was <laughs> Well, yeah, I my did. girlfriend I was... off with the remote. I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I gotta finish it. I gotta see well, if you know what I always think. What if somebody like remember? It was a very nondescript Monday night game in which Miles Garrett ripped his Mitchell Trubisky's helmet off and then bopped him on the head with it. You know that game was well over. Yeah, <laughs> I always think, what if the main talking point for tomorrow happens when I'm watching some show on Netflix? 
I'll feel like a real jerk. Well, Martin, you have like four TVs at your setup. I don't know if it's still the same or not, but okay. It's not. It's not the same. I'm trying to figure out how to get back. In fact, if anybody who can hear my voice has any solutions or suggestions about how to live with your girlfriend and also have a multiple sport TV set up in a one bedroom, I'm so here for it. And I'm willing to hear all responses. Because I'm in living hell right now. Oh, every Sunday, I'm like, I can't see anything. I feel like I'm blind out here. Oh man, poor Martin can't worst. have can't have four TVs at once. Let's. I don't know how you. I don't know how regular people do it. Last night, it's the World Series. It's 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 a Monday Night Football. The NBA is on. There's hockey games. There's everybody's like, oh, it's how cool is the sports equinox? I'm like, this is terrible. I can't watch it. How am I supposed to focus on any of this stuff? <laughs> you want to take a break? Let's get to our lemon pepper parlay after this. Go for it. All right, Martin. Another week of a lemon pepper parlay. I feel pretty good about mines, even though I do feel gross about one of them. But shout out to Eddie, because I'm riding with you guys on this week. And as and with that being said, I have the Giants on the money line against the Raiders. If I'm going to do it against anybody, it will be against the Raiders. I think the Giants win this game. I don't think they're as bad as their record, but they're not good. But I think they're better than the Raiders. And I'm pairing that with the Seahawks covering the five and a half. I get both of those plays at plus 316. I love that value there. I am taking two underdogs to win outright. And I'm following... A trend that has been true since week one. The consensus number one power ranking team has lost that spot. As soon as you get crowned to the top of the mountain, you lose it. Just ask the Chiefs week one, the Lions week seven. You know, you run into Baltimore. So, Mark, who? The, 40, the 49ers before they started. Uh, boom. <laughs> there you go. The 49ers. You name it. As soon as you get to the top of the power rankings, you get humbled right back down. Mark, who would be one and two in no particular order in your power rankings this week? Well, I got the order for you. You know, I, I do lists. I do this. So I think. Excuse me. We got a badass over here. <laughs> and I think this is probably the consensus for most of America. I think one is the Eagles and two is the Ravens. And you know what I'm doing? I'm taking the Cowboys and I'm taking the Seahawks and I'm putting them on the money line and I'm parlaying them two together for a nice, tidy price of six seventeen. Wow. Boom. That's great. Just value. over six to one. All you need is two teams to win. The rest of everybody else is going to have all these same game parlays. Mark Andrews under two and a half catches. Odell Beckham under 10 receiving yards. And <laughs> Zay Flowers over. No, no, no. I got two legs. Cowboys money line. Seahawks money line. Okay. I'm not mad at that because actually I may tell you because I have both those teams winning as well. Outright. I just did Seattle on the spread on that one just to be safe because I got the Giants money line. So it's kind of a little risky already there. So I played safe See, on the back half of that one. You just want to survive. I want to live. <laughs> to paraphrase Dave Damashek. <laughs> we, we, we didn't even get to James Harden this week. Congratulations because to you. <laughs> I woke up this morning and all of a sudden the wrong league was making trades. 
It's the NFL trade line dead today, <laughs> Daryl Morey. Look at the NBA trying to steal headlines. Quickly on James Harden. I think it makes sense for the Clippers, seeing that they don't have anybody to move the ball. I think the highest person who moved had uh, with the highest assist man on the Clippers was five assists a game. Harden led the league last year. So that should be helpful. Ultimately, getting the two first round picks for Philly matter more than all the players that they got because they're going to use those picks to trade for like Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan or some other disgruntled high volume scorer in mm-hmm. another market. And then, so there you have it. But ultimately, for the Clippers, congratulations. You know, the funny part about this is, and we're out here in LA, you know, the Lakers obviously is a Laker town, but the Clippers actually should be the home team because they have four hometown kids on the same team. Kawhi's from the area, Paul George, Westbrook, and now James Harden. <laughs> the thing about Paul George being, but Paul George... I would have said he was from Southern California or like from L.A. before I moved to L.A. Like, there's yeah, nobody who lives where Paul George is from yeah, who Palmdale. drives to Englewood to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, he, he's still from Southern California. <laughs> Southern California, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the NBA corner. Wow, I have to. Right, we get hey, one of NBA talk. That's sad. I got a, uh, I got an NBA, I got an NBA prop bet for you. You ready? Yeah, well, give it to me. Victor Wembanyama over three and a half turnovers. They play tonight on this Tuesday. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's hit this number in every game that he has played so far. Over. Three and a half turnovers. All right. There you go. Take it to the bank. And before and we say I'm not say I'm not paying attention to basketball. How you like that? And before we sign off here, we got one more trade in the NFL. The Bills just traded a third round pick to the Packers for cornerback Rasul Douglas. So talking about corners, we talking about we they couldn't cover. So they tried to address it just now. Rasul Douglas, he had a great play on Thursday night football for the Packers after it's like he just gotten signed there. Yeah. So I don't know if you, there you remember go. that. I do remember I do. that. So this is well, a good trade deadline edition, man. I have fun. There you have it. The league has that right now. As we wrap this up, there's about 20 more minutes to make moves. That's right, Baltimore Ravens. I'm looking at you. Go get Josh Jacobs. Go get Derrick Henry. Make it happen, Captain. We'll see you guys next week.